tonight joined by a friend, a dear friend, Coach Travis Juice Jewett, <laughs> University of Southern Cal. And we are going to talk, amongst other things, hitting, mindset, approach, all things regarding offensive baseball. We're going to talk USC Trojan baseball, what it's like being out there this fall for the first time with Coach Stankiewicz uh, and Coach Brown. And then we're going to get a look into a little bit of talk tonight about college recruiting as a whole, where it's headed, where it is, all those good, uh, good things. Want to make sure you subscribe. Want to make sure you like. And any comments or questions that you have, leave them for us down at the bottom, and I'll make sure I, I get them answered. Juice, welcome to the show, Captain. Walter, thank you so much. Uh, you made me smile kind of there when you're introducing your get-off because the friend part, is probably what connects to me the most. And so uh, I do appreciate Absolutely. you, your friendship, uh, you know, and just we've got a lot of good memories together. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're still talking after all these years and stuff like that. So we know it's a, a strong one. I appreciate what you do, uh, not only for me, but just college baseball kind of in general and all the information and the people that you connect baseball people with, fans with, people that want more information. Uh, it's very powerful. Uh, I find myself uh, watching and listening to it myself. So thanks for having me. I am deeply appreciative of, of your kind words, my good man. Now, the first thing I want everyone listening and watching here tonight to understand, there's not a better offensive coach when it comes to hitting a baseball. And now I'm not talking about hitting gurus. I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about hitting, real live hitting instruction. There is no one better. If you find yourself crossing paths with Coach Jewett and he wants to talk hitting, pull up a chair, grab a paper and pen, get yourself ready because he's going to give you a lot of info. So, Travis, I've been around the, the turtle with you a lot. I listen to a lot of the things that you say. One thing that parents always want to ask me is when you are recruiting, whether it's a high school student, a JUCO, and now's world, in today's world, the poor, there's some things that you're looking for when it comes to kind of evaluating a hitter. Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think a couple of them, Walter, obviously would be, um, you know, we're looking at setup to a certain degree, right? We got to start somewhere. Um, and then more than anything, it's just, does this hitter, no matter what he's trying to do, does he have some rhythm? You know what I mean? Does he understand what a, a wiggle is and a butt shake and a little hand movement? Because hitting is all about relaxation. It's about movements. And it's about being able to get your body to the center, we like to say, so that we can turn fast, but get there on time in a, in a repeatable fashion. So is the setup allowing these guys to do it? Do they have some rhythm and some sneak into their game? And do they truly like understand what it is, the difference between actually going forward or do they try to stay back? And you talked about uh, so kindly about my hitting, but it's just like, you know, everybody's a hitting coach where they always want to say, stay back, stay back, stay back, stay back. Well, stay back to me is like kickstands and pogo sticks and high front sides and, high lead sides and then bad heads then leads to bad eyes. And then it's just, you got a tough time and you better hope for 
uh, a hanging breaking ball, right? You know, other than that, you don't create a lot of margin for error in your swing and so stuff like that. So, you know, looking for some of those kind of characteristics for sure. Uh, what does their body look like when their front foot hits the ground? That's just kind of the launch position, right? Um, are there things that we can work with there? Uh, certainly a lot of things we can teach. Some things I've learned over time that are harder to teach than others. So we are looking for some of those characteristics. And then, you know, dig deeper too. Like, is he swinging at the strikes, Walter? You know, and is he taking the balls and all that kind of stuff like that? And I try to tell our guys a lot, it's not always about what you are swinging at. A lot of times it's what you're not swinging at. You know, and if we can be good at the what we're not swinging at, then that's called leverage, you know? And then leverage is like, hopefully equates to maybe more fastballs or more big whites of the plate or, you know, all those things that good hitters need to do because the pitcher obviously is in control in a lot of different ways, right? 60 feet, six inches away on an elevated surface in the middle of the field. You know, if he wants to throw it at your head, behind your head, (laughs) spin it, you know, uh, split it, change it. Some people think they can knuckle it, whatever it might be, but they, they all have the advantage. And so we've got to have some of these, um, you know, movements and rhythms and sneaks and seeing it early and showing the propensity that like, that's a ball, man, I'm going to take that. And so I'm really looking at guys' this deal. Can they walk? You know what I mean? Do they, do they lay off pitches in the dirt? Do they lay off fringy stuff, um, you know, so that they can get themselves into good hitting positions. And then, like I said, do they walk? Um, are they courageous enough to get hit by the pitch? Because, you know, part of hitting or offense is putting touching first base, you know? Yeah, we all like to run past it because that's a double or a triple or possibly a homer. But, like, there's just a lot of different ways that we can get this thing ignited. And a lot of it does start with, you know, what pitch we are or aren't swinging at, you know. And so looking at a lot of those types of characteristics. And then, you know, just your natural things, too. Like, um, is there bat speed, right? You know, can he swing fast and not hard? I didn't say hard. I just say swing fast. And a lot of that's the body position that we think we can teach him. Uh, and some torque and all that kind of stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I would say that those are kind of some common characteristics uh, that we're looking for just initially before we even start talking about, you know, the swing or anything like that. So tell me, how do you feel about all these analytics and metrics? I, I find, especially in the world of Twitter, we get a lot of minutiae, a lot of 50 cent words. Uh, we want to talk about taking credit for this particular batting stance and style. And I always tell parents, I go way back old school, and I say, if you look at guys like Rod Carew, George Brett, a, a guy like Phil Plantier way back in the day with this really super, super crouch position, everybody has a different, I guess, starting point. But at the end of the day, when they get into foot strike, they're in an athletic balanced position, and they make consistent ball strike. At the end of the day, wouldn't you say that's really all that matters? When we're looking at hitters, if they're on time and they're constantly barreling up baseballs, do we really care how they're getting there if they're doing it consistently? I certainly don't, you know, and that's that's half the battle, you know. Um, I'm certainly not into cookie cutter. You know, you, you made reference to the analytics. It's a big part, Walter, of what's going on now. I oftentimes – I feel a little bit jealous of them because they're a lot smarter than me. You know what I mean? And, and I've, I'm kind of more like you, uh, a little more caveman-ish. It's like my daily thoughts every day are to like get balls moving at my hitters because hitting is timing, right? And so we want to affect their timing. We'll throw it 
you know, sometimes hold it and throw it slower and throw it harder. And we'll, we want to see shapes every day. And so we want to affect their timing. Um, we want them to see shapes, but I like ball moving. Even when we're hitting off a tease, we're, our bodies are moving. We're jumping forward. We're striding forward. We're doing a lot of rhythmic things that get us to understand, um, you know, I don't stay back. I do go forward, separation movements, uh, all those types of things. And then when we actually show up to a tee, it's never really in the same place ever twice, you know, because we start 10 feet behind it. And by the time we work our stride movements and patterns and the actual ability to learn how what it is to, as you can see, I'm looking out the pitch right now and then actually see it early. That's out of his hand. And then actually see it long, which is like down the end of the bat, right? Those are all trained mechanisms. So like body movements and eye training, we do that just solely like when we swing off the tees. We don't ever just stand there and look straight down. We don't just stand and hit a stationary tee. Everything's about moving patterns and learning how to get your body into the good spot. When do I get started? Because I'm a hitter. I'm in control of that. And then it's the margin for air, Walter. It's the width of this screen and more going the other ways you can't even see. It's like good hitters, they can hit out front. They can certainly hit on time. That's kind of the sugar, right? That's the easy one, so to That's speak. That's the and cookie, then, right. Yeah, then can you hit out of time on the backside of it too? That to me is margin for air. So we're just constantly trying to get our body into the best possible spot that we can to create as much of that margin for error as possible so that we can hit kind of like real estate, right? They say, what are the three keys? Location, location, location. For us, it's just like location is out front on time and back. And we want to be able to hit all of them in between um, because we're not always going to be just right on time and stuff like that. So um, I, I know what a hard ball looks like, right? Cause I have decent eyes and I understand that it's hit hard and, when it has some backspin and it's going in a gap, I understand launch angle. And those things are important to me, especially uh, when the player's game says, hey, a little more, keep it off the ground, a little more in the air, that's fine. But uh, we certainly don't do it with every single person. Um, we try to get to the same body spot with everybody, but we certainly have some different philosophies in terms of what our faster non-power guys are doing with their ball flights and our bigger, slower guys that have a chance to hit the ball through or over the fence they're, they're a little bit different and so you know i think as coaches i don't know if this is getting off tangent a little bit but everybody always says like uh in any sport you got to know who you are you know and then i think the coach walks away you know and what we're trying to do is define this to these kids on a daily basis so that when they're training um whether we're there or not they can become the best versions of themselves and we're talking about a batting order here. It's a baton pass one to nine, right? And it's just like, I want everybody to understand who the heck they are so that they have the best way to generate our offense and keep the thing moving and all that kind of stuff like that. So, well, I think uh, it's great that you're talking about knowing your role, understanding who you are, what your capabilities are, and getting the best out of every hitter one through nine, really one through 15 on your bench. Uh, the other thing I want parents to understand is, you know, I want you to go back and look at some of the hitters that we're talking about that, that Coach Jewett has coached. We're talking about not only first-round players. We're talking about big leaguers that are that are winning World Series. We're talking about 1-1s. We're not just talking about getting guys drafted. We're talking about this is a coach that has worked with extremely high-level athletes that have gotten the most out of their abilities that when they entered college, 
certainly weren't thought to be surefire first rounders, let alone first round first picks. Uh, and even at Tulane, I know you had two uh, highly uh, sought after offensive uh, first round draft picks and a couple of all American shortstops. So parents really need to understand when it comes to hitting, nobody has all the answers. We're not robots. Your, your child is not an, a robot and no coach should ever look at your son as anything other than as an individual trying to get the most out of them uh, with regard to being an offensive contributor to a college program. So on that note, Juice, tell me a little bit about your recruiting now, West Coast style, as opposed to maybe a little bit down in the Southeast, you know, Vanderbilt and Tulane are kind of in that Southern region. And now you find yourself back to your home stomping grounds on the West Coast. How's that been for you this fall with regard to the portal and the high school recruiting? Well, it's been going pretty good, Walter. You know, uh, the thing is, is that uh, although different location now, a lot of the same schematics, if that's the right word here, we're talking about uh, elite private school education, right? So, um, you know, I would say most of our kids on the current roster are from, uh, you know, the West Coast, particularly California. Um, But... You know, I think the more we get going here with the new staff, you know, it's the same expensive price, whether you live right next door to Disneyland or, you know, uh, you live in the Northeast. So uh, we feel SC is a national brand and, uh, you know, a school that has more national championships than any other school. It's got 12, Walter, 12. Uh, It's been a while since one. We, We need to add to that total. It actually has more major league players too, I believe than any other school. So it's got great baseball tradition. Um, you know, I'm thankful to be a small part of it now going forward. Um, and I just think Walter, uh, we can be attractive to kids from all over the country. And, uh, when you have this kind of education, uh, this beautiful weather, (laughs) that that's an understatement. I, I forgot, I never lived out in California before, but holy cow. Uh, you want to talk about uh, beautiful every day. That's been kind of fun. And just, you know, a great baseball tradition. Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a cool place. And then you had Coach Stankiewicz now being the head coach there. Uh, this is a, a, a awesome human being, number one. But what a – I can't tell you how much I've learned, Walter, just – listening to him talk baseball, uh, it's been a pleasure for me. I'm almost like one of the new recruits, you know. So when he speaks, uh, I certainly try to be in the arena so that I can try to learn. I told him the other day, it was kind of funny, I go, gosh, I sometimes I don't want to go listen to you because I think I might have been teaching everybody wrong my whole life listening <laughs> to you. So, uh, But he, he's really good. But, yeah, so it's good. I think we're, we've got some juice going uh, with the new coaching staff. Uh, the way we're trying to go about it, and uh, hopefully we can continue to attract. We brought in some nice portal pieces, Walter. I think you know this. We got the job, or I didn't. Coach Stankiewicz did, middle of July, right? Not too much time left on the plate. We were able to go out and get uh, quite a few transfer portal pieces. Uh, nice. Got an arm from Notre Dame. We got an arm from Northridge. We got a second baseman, middle infielder from Reno. Uh, we've got uh, – you know, some players like that, uh, they've all come in, uh, handled themselves well. And like I said, we haven't really started our team fall ball yet, but I would tell you that a lot of these new guys that we brought in here, uh, they, they 
I would say that I think they're going to help us uh, make a positive impact um, on this upcoming season. So uh, got a nice group of high school kids committed. Now they're not signed yet, obviously, because that happens here real soon in November. But we think, um, you know, we got this ball rolling and uh, we just got to get it out there, man. We got to show everybody our passion for the university, obviously, and then for just who we are as dads and fathers and baseball coaches, right? And then, um, you know, I told you about USC, 12 national championships and more big leaguers. I think I'm right when I say that. Uh, Coach Bakowicz shared something with uh, our team, too, that I would share with the people out there, and it doesn't make us better than anybody else. It's just true facts. I think it's 15 Omaha appearances amongst our coaching staff, five, four or five national titles, and then a lot of those numerous big leaguers uh, that you've talked about. So, Hopefully, uh, this education, this baseball tradition, this coaching staff, and where they've been able to, luckily for me, what I've been able to associate myself with and where I've been able to uh, go, which is, you know, middle of the United States in June, that's a good place. So I think there's a there's a nice map, okay, with uh, how this can all work for you uh, from your education to your player development to your hopes and desires uh, to play elite baseball. And then hopefully uh, why they want to come here is to, play in the big leagues well i know a lot of parents have submitted this question and it's one that every single discussion ends up getting into explain what you feel the role of the high school student athlete is now in light of not only the new changes to the portal but potentially the creation of these mega conferences start talking the three in bed they're they're about to sign their letters of intent in november we're really talking about those 24s 25s and and i guess even 26s to some degree what's the role of the high school student athlete with regard to recruiting would you say the the recruiting classes with high school students will will be cut if so will it be dramatic will it be slight trying to leave some room for juco and transfer portal laterally well I think you can add the 23s into this mess that we're in. And I say that politely because, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, Walter, the the thing is, is that the recruiting in my mind has become a little bit unhumanistic. And it's kind of hard to swallow for me. But at the same time, you know, uh, I guess everybody has to do what they have to do. But now I'm going to start by saying this. If you're a high school kid. You can't control the portal. You can't control if the coach is going to do this or do that. All you can control is kicking butt. How about that for good language in class? You know what I mean? Do good in school because those are opportunities that will be positive for you. You can't say they're not, you know what I mean? So set yourself up academically. Um, You, you, want to do really well in school and you want a private school education and all that kind of stuff like that, then it becomes even more important. Okay. But we all understand that that is number one. Okay. Nobody can take that from you. And then it's just like, have a dream, man, chase it. Don't, don't worry about, Oh, everybody's going to the portal now and all that kind of stuff like that. You just got to be present, man. You got to be where your feet are. Uh, we're going to find you, you know, if it's not us, it's university X, Y, or Z division one, two, or three. That's kind of a rhyme. You see, it's just like, (laughs) it just doesn't matter. (laughs) So yeah. So there's just, there's all (laughs) kinds of 
deals. And all you got to do is just invest in yourself and your team to be the best version of yourself so that when a possible opportunity would come, you're ready for it. If that's the school that's coming, they're coming. And when you say yes to them and they say yes to you, you darn sure hope at that time that that whatever portal spots they have or transfer spots, they have one less now because I've committed to them and they've committed to me. Now, that would be up for that person to decide in the recruiting process if that's the case. But I will tell you, more and more talk on the street, Walter, is like, why would I go get a, a uh, high school kid that's a good player? Don't get me wrong, but I can get a guy maybe that's got two years experience and, you know, da-da-da. And we all know uh, baseball is becoming more and more like win now, like the right people are paying more attention to it. Uh, there's a lot of different things. And so people are going to do what they got to do to get on that winning side of the things. And a lot of times, how do you win? Good players, you know? And so with that being said, uh, people can get affected because you know, as well as I do this November, we talked about the signing period that's coming up. There's going to be some people that think they're going to sign at those schools that aren't. I promise you, <laughs> they might not know it yet, but it's going to happen. And then it could go all the way through the spring and they could have signed and they're going to, there's going to be some people that are going to be told to don't show up because we, you know, you might've struggled this or we need that. And, and so now it's just, it's just an option, but you know, uh, I'm trying to sell my house right now. Uh, there's a lot of different things going on, right? I can only control what I can control, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think the high school kid out there, just keep your head down, man. And, you know, be aware and all this like that, but just try to kick butt, man. You want to, I want to go to SC. Okay, let's go. Then what do you have to do to make that a reality? Do good in school, be a good teammate, play hard, be productive, all the things that are important, but like, and then hopefully it works out for you, but you don't sit around and think like, woe was me and I got no shot and da da da, because there'll, there'll still be a percentage of high school kids that are going to make it. Well, I, I want to, I want to, I'm going to ask you a tough question because I know I can, and I Please. know you'll give me an honest answer. I think a lot of kids today are, are misled through the travel ball world, especially at early ages. And I, when I say early ages, I'm talking six years old to 14 years old, that anything they're doing at those ages and we got regarding how competitive their schedule is and all the training that they do, it's going to help with regard to college. And to me, I think that's a lot of BS. It's a lot of total 100% grade A premium BS. The facts are at 13 through 15, you got to begin to get into the physicality of the being an athlete. And because at today's game, we want to talk about what the separators are. So tell me the truth. You look at two athletes that play the two positions. One is six foot three, 165 pounds. The other six foot three, 215 pounds, and he's got a physical presence and he and he has a work ethic, and you can tell that he's got that work ethic because of the body. Tell me the truth. Who's the guy that's gonna get the first look to prove himself? Is it the guy that's 165 or is it the guy that's 215? Six three, two fifteen. All day and long, twice on Sunday. All day long, <laughs> twice on Sunday, any day that ends in Y, no doubt. 
Um, I'm just going to tell you, as you know, because we spent a lot of time on a cage. Uh, I love big, strong, fast guys. Big, strong, fast guys. I don't say I, I don't dislike little, strong, fast guys. I like big, strong, fast guys. And uh, 6'3", 205, 210, coming out of high school. Ooh. Yeah, that's like this guy's working at his body. He understands he's going to come in a head start. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of truth to that. I just think we're, we're spending way too much time. I, 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 you know, as a parent, I'm talking solely as a parent, wasting too much time with showcases and spending time traveling over here in November, December, January, Martin Luther King birthday. Get in the weight room. I mean, everybody's worried about the portal and they're worried about the transfers. You need to understand that if you spend your time in the classroom, if you spend your time sleeping, eating properly, getting in the weight room. I don't care how many sports you play. You play football, you're going to be in the weight room. You play hockey, you're going to be in the weight room. It's the same thing for baseball, but yet most student-athletes and their families show up on a campus visit, and they, oh, my gosh, look at the size of these guys. Look how strong. Look how I tell people all the time, Connor Harrell, Connor Harrell was a machine. He was like the $6 million man. He was like a 6'3", chiseled, 210, 215. He could hit bombs all day long, but he was an elite athlete. It takes time to get your body into that, into that kind of that state of, okay, daily disciplines and routines. Not enough college coaches come out and say, hey, this is what we're looking for. When your feet hit campus, you're ready to compete. We need yeah, you to be ready too, to compete. Yeah, because too, Walter – I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, you know what's the one common thing that a lot of these young high school kids, when you're recruiting them young, guess what the first thing they want to say, a lot of them? I want to play right away. <laughs> you know, tell me I'm going to play right away, or which we never would, right? You got to compete, and if I tell you the non-truth and all of a sudden you don't, then I'm a liar, and that's not good for relationships and trust and all the things that are important, but – uh, yeah, and so everybody wants to come in and play right away. I want to go to a program. I want to find a place where I can get in there and play right away. Well, part of getting in there and play right away is going to be like your your physicality. I hate to tell you, but that's going to be a huge part of it. So I do agree. You know, right. uh, this is a game, Walter, that takes a lot of reps and adjustments. It certainly does. More than football, right, because we don't get pounded like they do and all that kind of stuff. I understand that. Um it takes a lot of reps and adjustments, but but there has to be a physical and a mental reset stage of these young people's lives, right? You just can't play baseball 12 months of the year and just like, you know, it's like your arm's going to get beat up. Your body's going to get beat up. It's not going to be in the weight room as much as it needs to. The best elite athletes that are playing this game at the highest level when they get done like either now because they're not in the playoffs or these that are lucky enough to be chasing the world series there there is going to be a mental and a physical shutdown for how long uh not for the entire off season but there will be one and that's the body recuperation it's the mind recuperation so that they can get back into their buildup process to then be ready for spring training. Um, we have to have that same kind of like 
Amen. Map, map, right? Like I know it's not spring training, but it's like spring ball or whatever it might be. Uh, you'd be surprised, you know, especially where I'm learning in these great places with great weather. Uh, Walter, I mean, these they're playing every day, man. It's not every oh, yeah. day, but there's a lot of ball going on. And, uh, you know, everybody's still having camps and all that. And in a lot of ways, it's good. You know, in a lot of ways, I think it, it can be counterproductive. So I think it's the kid and the family's kind of making that decision about what's the balance. You know, where is my academic? Where is my physical development, the weight room balance? And then my, you know, my showcase abilities to get out there and play well. Um, I would tell everybody this, whether you're playing in a showcase or whatever it is, Play to win, man. Like, do whatever it takes to win. Like, I just want to see kids that play good baseball. There's no doubt about it. But, like, I want to see the knack of, like, moving a guy over in the eighth. Important to put a ball in play with two strikes here and a runner on third base because my team's going to win. You can do all this inside of a showcase setting still. You think uh, you're getting recruited as it is. You see how (laughs) you double your opportunities. I promise you that. Well, I think we're we're telling parents, I think the message that comes from a variety of different places with regard to dollar signs is we're all worried about a destination at the ages of six, seven through 13 or 14. We're not enjoying the journey. We're certainly not developing a, a passion for the sport. Um, and I think really at the end of the day, I think that's really where the, the train will come off the tracks. But I, I do have two questions I have to ask real quick because I promised. Miss Tracy, we'd have 30 minutes. Uh, you're in the you're in the big house uh, this week. So I uh, want to know, a question came in. How does a student athlete or a family from, say, South Dakota get on the map with Travis Jewett at USC? Great question. Um, one, reach out. Like, I'm not afraid of uh, responding to a, an email. You know, I, I, I'm really not. And actually, if I get a personal one, uh, to all you guys out there, I try. I can't promise you it's 100%. Uh, nothing in life is probably 100%. But if I see a personal email, I'm either going to try to dig into it with the coach or I'm going to at least shoot you back, um, say thank you, uh, maybe tell you about our camps, tell you about your summer or high school plans, um, you know, and that's what you got to do. So in your research, Sometimes you have to be the first one to step out. It doesn't always have to be the school that makes the first initial contact. Uh, if you have some interest in a high academic school and a great weather and California, this, that, and the other, then reach out. If you have something over there, sometimes you just got to reach out and you just got to let people know that you're interested. You know, a lot of times um, that, that uh, works. And then, you know, I know I'm going to say it on here. It's camp. I don't get any camp money. Okay. And, and the camps aren't that expensive. <laughs> But I'll tell you this, if it fits inside of your playing cycle and you're healthy and you're ready and you're lubed up and you're ready to go show off and and do your thing, they're not a bad thing. You know, could you imagine spending $300 to go to a camp at University X that you're really interested in and it led to a baseball scholarship of any level? I mean, would that be $300 well invested? Just like getting on a underneath the bar in the weight room, that's investment, right? Uh, going to school and studying, that's investment. Uh, you know, this is an investment and it can turn into uh, some very positive things for you um, if it were to work out that way. You also find out some things that maybe you don't like. You're like, Coach Jewett is crazy. Like, I ain't going to school there, you know? 
he talks gibberish or, you know, I don't like that vibe or I didn't like the campus or, you know, whatever it might be. So that's all part of it when you're trying to make a quality decision. So that's getting a little bit off tangent, Walter, but like you're in South Dakota, don't be afraid to email um, me. And I think I would uh, be safe to say that a lot of coaches would take that on and let them know you're interested. Well, let's make sure everybody knows what your Twitter handle is. Throw that out there. Was it T. T Jewett? T. Jewett on Twitter. So you should be following that. That would be a good start. So I'm going to wrap this up with three yes or no questions. Just simple yes or no. Super (laughs) Super conferences, are they going to be in our future by 2025? Yes. Okay. Transfer portal, is it with us permanently? Yes. Do you feel, this is not a yes or no question, do you by 2020, the COVID extra year roster, log jam, whatever we're going to call it, will that have eased out or will that be with us as far as older college players? Are we stuck with college? Our college baseball roster is going to be 20 to 23 as opposed to 18 to 22. Yes, they yes, are, and yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, yes. Uh, you know, because we thought, like, just real quick, I know you said it wasn't yes or no, so I'm going to expand. Yep. Uh, we gave us extra roster spots because of COVID, right? And now it's like, okay, but it's nobody's having – everybody's having a tough time catching up, you know? So it's like more extra spots. Now it's like 20 rounds in a draft, not 40 anymore, uh, right? They eliminate teams, so the opportunities are less, and so – I think that like you're probably going to see the roster limits on the college teams probably stay up in that maybe 40 range, um, which would be good, right? Because it gives everybody a thing. Now, what we need to do is we need to get the baseball scholarships up, you know, uh, 11.7, you know, uh, it's tough, but, uh, you know, Create more opportunities because that's what I, well, that's what we're doing for people, Walter. Right? We're right, just like, exactly more correct. opportunities for people. Right. Exactly we're giving correct. more roster spots. We're you know we got nil this. We got all this stuff like, and it's all about the players, which I love. Right? I'm a players coach. You know that about me. So I want these opportunities for them. So let's let's start getting in the game with the scholarships. You know, eleven point seven for thirty five. That that ain't doing it. And then the coaches three paid and one. They call him a volunteer, but hey, I've never seen a volunteer show up and stay around so much before in my life. You know, it just doesn't match the title. Right. But uh, you know, we have the worst player to coach relationship uh, number wise in in any sport. So I think that needs to go up. We need to have more player to coach relationships that way, and then um, you know, we we need to have more scholarships because uh, school costs money. You know, some more than others. Could you imagine? Uh, I would venture to tell you, and you know this well because your son attended one school that looks just like the one I'm at now, just a different color. Um, How many people would possibly lose out on those opportunities just because of the cost? A lot, right? A lot of them. We We have to walk. And I think we've done a good job, Walter, since we got to SC. There was only about 16 or 17 guys on scholarship we got here. We're already up to almost the max now. And Coach Dankwitz is like, he's fired up. He's loving it, right? But there's like 
sometimes you just have to offer the player what we have and what the value is, not because he's bad, but we're trying to build a team. And so all of a sudden, um, you know, we get people that can't afford it, want to afford it, and understand the educational value and the development that's going to happen. And they got to pay. It's the ability, like, you got to pay money to make money. And if we get a bunch of those, then we got it. But there's certain people that even though they might agree with that, fiscally, they can't do it. And so we, we'll lose out on really good players that really like us, you know, and go like, gosh, I want to play for Coach Stankiewicz and get that degree, but I just can't afford the balance. Well, if we're doing all these things for student athletes, right, and we're – then come on, man, let's, let's, let's do this. Now, that's just me, the BP thrower talking out loud and from my heart because I just want what's good for everybody, which what's, it seems like we're trying to do, right? So um, I think if we get more coaches, get the scholarships up, I think everybody's going to be happy, and I think we're going to be able to create more of these opportunities uh, for kids. Well, I think with the emergence, I guess, is the best way to describe it, of college baseball with JUCO baseball now with an ESPN contract, all the big – conference you know money that comes in during baseball season baseball is now i would say i would argue more uh, exciting to parents and student athletes at the collegiate level regardless of the division or or or, or level uh and people want to watch that on television so i would think that that money needs to get reallocated out from whether it's the ncaa or whatever emerges with the super conferences back to the athletes back to those who are performing, back to those that are, you know, doing the time and the practicing and the preparation, you know, allow them the benefit of receiving an academic education at some of these tremendous universities and colleges across the country. So I hope all of that stuff comes to fruition. I really believe in my heart it will, and I think it will be as soon as possibly 2025. So Coach Jewett, I want to say thank you. As always, you never fail to disappoint. You are always truly a gentleman, a scholar, and a tremendous voice of college baseball. I wish you nothing but success. While I am here in January and February and it's sub below zero and 10 inches of snow, I hope you're getting sunburn uh, <laughs> and uh, and maybe not enjoying the beach as much as I am shoveling my driveway. So thank you, Travis. Please say thank you to Miss Tracy, for allowing you uh, 30 minutes of your time this evening. Welcome back to NOLA. Safe travels back to California. Uh, I want to encourage everybody. Reach out to Coach Jewett if you have a question. You want to email him. You want to follow him on Twitter. He's a very approachable coach. He's a very uh, informational-based coach. You'll learn a lot. If you have an opportunity to hear him speak, pull up a chair, get a paper and pencil, take some notes. Next Thursday evening, Texas A&M head coach Jim Schlossnagel will be joining us. Uh, and We'll talk 12th man and all good stuff about the SEC here at the Coach's Corner. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel at Baseball Lifer. Until next week, let's go watch some playoff baseball. Thanks, Juice. Thank you, Walter. Adios, right on, Captain. Y'all. I right appreciate on. you. Right on. Be Stay in touch. You're here. Bye-bye. All right, all right Captain.